Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, Podcast World, welcome to this special Christmas Eve edition of FNO InsureTech. The weather outside is frightful, but the information inside this podcast is delightful. Oh, that was nice. I was uh, thinking uh, exciting, and that didn't uh, rhyme. Just right off the top of my head. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. You I know, love that Rob, song. Rob, I love there, that song. There is no other place I would rather spend my Christmas Eve than on a mic with you. Well, uh, it, it's true because as everybody knows, we do these live. We do. And whenever it is that you, our audience, is listening to this, we're actually producing it right there in that moment. We're literally talking at that moment we're to you. We're literally talking at that moment. Bill, it's good to see you. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> is Bill, that's our, no, 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 no. Astrid. Astrid, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Astrid. I, you know, I got a Christmas card from Astrid. Yeah? Yeah. I got a Christmas card. And um, a wonderful person. for those of you who've been with us a long time, you know that Astrid is our one groupie. In fact, I met her before COVID uh, and she introduced herself to me as our groupie. And yeah. um, she's a wonderful woman and a, a serious influencer in the InsurTech world. Yeah. Brilliant Huge. woman. And, um, uh, I wrote her back and I said, both Lee and I are really appreciate you because she's talked to us several times and recommended companies to us and individuals to, to interview through the years. Yeah. And um, I said to her, we really thank you for being our one groupie. And she wrote back and said, oh, no, you have a lot of groupies. And I thought to myself, Astrid, if you only knew. <laughs> if you only knew. I'm still waiting on the email from the other groupies. <laughs> if you only knew, Astrid. In the, in the spirit of Christmas, we have a gift for you, don't we, Lee? We do. We have a great gift, a second-time guest. We have the gift of wisdom, of excitement, of renewal, of swimming in the San Francisco Bay, all right here on our podcast today. We have an interview with Andrew Wynn, co-founder, co-CEO at Ascend. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, we had him last on, and he talked about shelter, uh, that was that was purchased by Hippo uh, through an acquisition, and and now he is on a, another venture, and we're going to get to talk all about Ascend. It's a it's a payment platform that's out there really changing the way insurance is done for many many companies. It, it's a newer company and has already accomplished so much in these past few months, uh, so much more than many companies in their entire lifetime. It's a white label payment solution mostly for brokers right now, but uh, very interesting what they're currently doing and what they should be doing into the future and led by two really experienced entrepreneurs. Very interesting company that you'll hear about today. Like Lee said, it's Andrew's second time on and it's great for us to have been able to be around long enough. That's because no one can cancel us but us, but we've been around long enough to where we have some people who've 
been in a company, exited, started another one, and are making waves a second time. is really thrilling for us. Yeah, and it's so, very exciting. Very exciting. So without further ado, on this Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and here's our interview with Andrew Wynn, co-founder, co-CEO at Ascend. Hey, everybody. We are here with our super special guest, a two-timer, you might say, because he is back for the second time. But the difference with our guest today, the difference with Andrew Wynn is that he's back not with the same company. That is correct. So here's a guy, Andrew Wynn, who founds a company, has an exit, and he's back with company number two? Two, yeah. InsureTech number two. InsureTech number two. So I'm, I'm twice a masochist. You know, that's, that's how you know. <laughs> Andrew Wynn, co-CEO, co-founder. He's just a <laughs> co-kind of guy. Andrew, we've always said, Lee and I say all the time, Andrew Wynn, very co. <laughs> <laughs> what a co-guy. I'm going to tell you what that stands for. Uh, co-founder and co-CEO at Ascend. Welcome back. Great Welcome to have back, you. Andrew. Thank you. It's it's truly my pleasure to be here. It's it's always good to chat with you guys. It's nice to chat with you and with a new address, right? That's right. M- moved to moved to Connecticut uh, for grad school. My wife's in grad school, and uh, you know it's good to be in an insurance state. Oh yeah, where we're uh, actually hosting a dinner in Hartford next week. So uh, it's good to be around so many insurance people. Connecticut might be the most insurance dense state in the union. It could be. I think so. The other day I was on a flight from Columbus to Hartford and I realized that yeah. pretty much everyone, like I was trying to think of some clever name for that flight that is just like the risk bird or something, you know, like, because yeah. <laughs> it has to be only insurance people on that plane. Yeah. That is two hotspots right there. Yeah. Well, yeah. It is the plane that if it would have went down, probably would have had the largest life insurance payout. That's ever. true. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, wow, why was everyone had life insurance? What is going on here? Definitely. <laughs> so you have that new address. Well, first of all, I, I just want to say about your wife getting your MBA. It's a little bit like me. I live with my wife is a marriage and family therapist. So she's a mm. professional therapist. She does therapy every day with people. And a lot of people say, why in the world would you marry a therapist? Right. Which is a great question. Yeah. Because you can imagine all the interesting conversations we have. <laughs> But it's kind of the same thing. So your wife's gone back to school to get her MBA. Mm-hmm. So that means she's going to sit around saying, Andrew, why did you guys do this? I'm an MBA from Yale. <laughs> she's much smarter than I am. And, and uh, you know, I, I think of it as an asset. So she can help as we, you know, avoid making some bad decisions. That's right. Be nice to her. That's my advice. Very. Yeah. That'll be wonderful. I'm good, sure that's good, a, is that, is that a piece of advice that your wife gave you. Sound be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Stop being others. mean to people, Rob. <laughs> That's the only one that I can say on the air. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Most of them start with, why are you so... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, but enough of our personal lives. You have another new address. Last time we talked to you, you were with Hippo. That's right. So tell us the story about from Hippo to where we are today. Yeah. So um, Praveen, my 
co-founder and co-CEO. Um, we've worked together now for nearly eight years at actually a company before uh, Hippo as well. Uh, we worked together and Praveen and I got together a little while back, a few years ago, before when we were just working together uh, at Instacart, actually. And then we started a business called Shelter. Uh, Shelter is a home services company that provides proactive you know, home maintenance. And obviously, that's why I was last here uh, talking a little bit about Shelter and our partnerships with mostly insurance carriers, um, folks who wanted to offer uh, you know, home services to their uh, the insurance companies that wanted to offer home services to their customer base, sort of moving away from repair and replace to predict and prevent, uh, mitigating some claims. And uh, we sold that business to Hippo in 2019. And so worked at Hippo for around a year afterward, after the acquisition and continued to work on the home services business, but also just got more exposure into being inside, you know, a fast changing insurance business. I, and I have to use the word business because obviously Hippo was brokering, it was an MGA, it was a, became a carrier. Yeah. So, you know, we got to see a little bit of everything. Uh, and so we knew we wanted to, to do another business. And, and that's where we are today, obviously working on Ascend. Uh, and one of the things we really noticed and observed in the insurance and insure tech space was unlike, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of for people building either a new insurance company like Hippo, right? Building a carrier or, you know, MGA from the ground up, but also for existing insurance businesses, you know, there aren't tools you can bring off the shelf to modernize parts of your business. And so we realized there was an opportunity to sort of build in that infrastructure, you know, space and help everybody, right? Help in people who are building new companies, you know, get off the ground faster, as well as uh, more traditional insurance businesses modernize. Uh, and the best parallel is, you know, maybe the biggest difference is if you look at something like e-commerce, really all you care about in e-commerce is your customer, you know them really well, and your product. The rest is sort of left to tooling, right? You, you work with Amazon for distribution, Shopify for your website, Stripe for payments, someone else handles returns. You're not building any of that tech yourself. And, you know, in insurance, what we've seen is people trying to build everything and it's come at a great cost. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's where uh, that was sort of our hypothesis going into Ascend. And so tell us exactly what is Ascend? Yeah. So, you know, we, we realized, or, you know, with this hypothesis in mind, we wanted to look for areas that were industry specific and very unique to insurance, but not company specific. And so Ascend is, and so one of the areas that really, you know, stood out was payments. Uh, payments and billing and insurance is hugely specific, right? To the industry, you have uh, this, you know, how the money is collected. Is it agency build or direct build? You have concept of, you know, uniquely insurance specific things like endorsements, right? An endorsement is not a refund, right? If you have a premium reducing endorsement, it's an endorsement. And so, you know, a lot of those things were, uh, and then there's obviously the commission structure. So the different levels of intermediation between retailers, wholesalers, GAs, carriers, reinsurers at the very end, right? And the funds flowing through that is very unique, but it's pretty similar for, any retailer, any wholesaler, any carrier. And so um, so what Ascend is, is an all-in-one payment solution purpose-built for insurance. What that means is that we power digital checkout for whoever is uh, selling insurance that could be, or, and collecting the payment, that could be the retailer, it could be the wholesaler, it could be a GA, or it could be a carrier. And we white label that checkout, that digital checkout solution for them so that they can collect credit cards, collect ACH, you know, debit cards, whatever, collect payment in a digital way. And then once the customer has paid, 
we handle all of that downstream commission flows and pay out the commissions to the different levels of intermediation. What about the payment of, of the claims? Does the SIN do anything on that side or is it only on the selling side? It's only on the premium collection side today. And, and part of the reason for that is uh, that's the most common touch point people have with their customers, right? So it's a really important customer experience to own. Mm-hmm. So tell me, what was the actual problem that was out there? Was a problem that it was just too cumbersome and that people were still sending checks in and people were having to just do a lot of paperwork? Was that the problem you're trying to solve? There's a bunch of problems. So there's uh, on the customer side, right on the insured side, people want to pay for insurance the way they're used to buying more or less anything, right? Yeah. And so that might mean, uh, you know, paying digitally, which is even kind of novel, specifically in commercial insurance. Uh, one other thing we do, and, you know, we touched on a little bit earlier is we allow folks to split up their insurance payments. So if they're buying an annual policy where typically, let's say I'm a you know truck driver, I might have a $20,000 commercial auto policy, which that's a really big check to write. Uh, yeah. I would much rather split that up. And, you know, it's an excess and surplus signs policy. So they're requiring 100% of the payment on day one or on, you know, when I bind the policy. And so we actually allow folks to split that up. And that's another example of where people want, uh, you know, what we mean by customer experience. Uh, and then the, uh, the problem for the sort of distribution side is it's a lot of work to, you know, manage and collect and handle payments, both from an operational perspective around actually following up with customers, getting that handling errors, non-sufficient funds, all that stuff, as well as then the financial and accounting side of netting commissions, making sure commissions are accurate, paying up the wholesaler or the carrier or whoever it may be. So we really simplify that for everyone. Sure. Like you're saying, it's not like buying a Christmas gift on Amazon. Right. There's all kinds of different pieces, parts, circumstances, situations in the insurance world. That's right. Yeah. And so, like, imagine you're buying two or three policies. Right. It's very confusing. You might pay, let's say, two are direct bill with different carriers and one is agency bill. You're just buying your insurance and now you have three different bills to pay to three different places. It's very it's a very confusing customer experience. And so you were talking about the. Buy now, pay later. How is that actually done? Is that financed through a bank? What are you doing with that? Yeah, so um, in commercial insurance and and personal lines too, and you know specifically with ENS policies, premium financing has has been around for a while, and it's a tool that a lot of brokers can use to you know help their insureds get the coverage they need. But much like you know other parts of the insurance world, it has largely stayed, uh, in fact, I would say more than more than most um, and more than others, it has stayed an offline process. It's very, very paper intensive, very slow. And so ultimately, it adds friction to the purchase conversion, which is the opposite of what a financing tool should do. And so, you know, we've just really digitized that and brought that online and made that a seamless experience. And what we do is obviously the customer agrees to enter into a premium finance agreement with us. We make an interest rate on that of whatever amount they're financing. We collect typically two months down payment and then give them, you know, then they'll make 10 payments over the subsequent 10 months. You know, they only pay us two months and then we pay the carrier the full amount. We finance that with a warehouse line from actually a fund that does a lot of insurance investing, uh, a fund called Hudson Structured Capital Management. And so they actually provide us the capital by which to do that. So they're the lender, if you will. Yeah, it's it's ultimately their capital uh, behind it. Um, and we pay them an interest rate as well. So we have a cost of capital. Um, and then we originate the loans. So we had one, the, the company, one, one, one on, Inc, a, yeah. on a, Chris from One, the CEO mm-hmm. of, of uh, One. 
how are you the same and how are you different from one? Yeah. So, you know, one has done a really great job at sort of getting the ball rolling, I think, on a lot of uh, insurance payments. And what we try to do is, you know, we've taken a little bit of what they've done and sort of put it together with a few other things. So, you know, the lending, for example, that that does not exist in, in One Inc. We also completely you know, white label, I think they do as well. And then also the funds flows downstream. So, you know, we, we are really trying to be this comprehensive end to end platform for premium collection. Another thing that one does that we don't do is obviously claims pay. Mm-hmm. And so I would say there were pretty complementary in some ways. Um, and, you know, they've definitely done a really good job of starting the, the payments infrastructure market. So it's possible you could be at one end and they could be at the other. Completely possible, yeah. Uh-huh. But you're absolutely right. One of the things that we found, Lee and I have been in the business long enough to know that in the old days, and it wasn't just insurance, it was many things, people would build a robust IT department with the concept of, we're going to build that, we're going to build this, we're going to develop this. I mean, you used to see that with claim systems. Everybody had their own internally developed claim system right. until that just became not smart. Mm -hmm. And basically you're saying the same thing here is that the whole world of payments, which is bigger than any of us think of, it's silly for a company to try to develop that on their own or to manage it on their own. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the sort of communal pooling of resources in a way of like insurance is, you know, at its core where if one group focuses on this and builds it as best they can for everybody, everybody benefits. And, you know, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a competitive advantage. Uh, you know, the better way to compete is obviously with customer acquisition and products. Having a better payments portal is a li- you know is kind of a necessary evil in a lot of ways. So, are you strictly commercial, strictly ENS? No, we power payments for, and and that's part of actually the reason that you know we we want to be an, a full solution for let's take a brokerage, for example. And so if we went to that brokerage and said, hey, we can we can uh, handle your payments end to end where we collect from the customer and then net you your commission and pay the markets, uh, but only for your commercial ENS, they're going to be like, ah, that doesn't really help yeah. us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we, we are able to work with personal lines, obviously commercial lines, admitted carriers if they, you know, allow that. And so uh, we try to be that full solution for, for a company. Not all of those are we able to finance, for example. And obviously, if there's a rate plan, you know, we don't finance it, and we just we just show the rate plan uh, and installments. So um, the product, how it how it lives, is a little bit different in those different use cases. But we work with everyone. So tell us a little bit more about the company itself. How old is it? How many employees do you have? Uh, is it all virtual or in house? Tell us a little more about that. The company we started uh, at, toward the beginning of this year, so uh, in I think March of 2021. Uh, getting my years all confused. And the company is now 16 employees. We've you know brought in people from various backgrounds. You know we have in insurance people, we have finance people, we have you know software engineers. Um, we have you know like to the point of you know delivering the best customer experience. We have producers on staff, not working as producers, obviously, but working in our customer in our business development team, because they know that uh, cohort so well. And we are between Palo Alto, where the tech and engineering team is. And then we also have a small presence on the East Coast, you know, uh, in in New York, mostly because there's a few of us around here. And we just like being able to work in person and Connecticut. 
And Connecticut. Yeah. And Connecticut. Yeah. New York, Connecticut. They're all right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's nice. I mean, we like working together. I think at an early stage, small, small company, you can get a lot done. Uh, we certainly don't require that by anyone, but it's nice. We also have somebody in Columbus. So, you know, true insurance. <laughs> insurance, insurance. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, maybe the only place that's more insurance dense than Connecticut is Columbus. Yeah. Amazing talent in Columbus, truly. E- everywhere. Everybody's in insurance in Columbus. Yeah. So your customers Uh are primarily brokers, is that correct? Or is it MGAs and and even carriers? So we're not working with any carriers yet, mostly because- that's that's on the roadmap. That's on the roadmap. You're open to that. Yeah. And it's just not been a focus because- it's a long pole, right? Carriers move more slowly and, and take a little bit longer. So we're right. laying those foundations right now, but we didn't want to predicate the business is success on, you know, getting X, Y, Z, putting all of our focus on that and just knowing we wouldn't be able to get those customers for some amount of time. So we work with three buckets of customers today. The first is InsureTechs. So that's an easy one for us because we come from that world. Um, so, you know, for example, and uh, we you know, we work with um, Vouch. We're starting to work with some MGA, other MGAs, uh, which I, I can't announce yet, where we're actually powering their direct bill, um, uh, where their customer, cool. you know, even though they're being produced by uh, agents, the agents then direct them to that company's site uh, and they pay directly through there. Uh, so we are we are working with MGAs, a few other insurtechs, you know, digital brokerages, folks like that. Second is independent agents. So we have lots and lots of independent agents on the platform who range from one or you know, two or three people to sort of 20, 30 plus uh, sort of family midsize agencies. Um, we have a way that they can use the product without having to do a, a, an integration. Uh, we're also integrating obviously into AMSs. So working with the big AMSs, I, I, I am under NDA there, but you can you can figure that one out to of, of integration as well as the Salesforce-based AMSs. And then our last vertical that we're focused on today is like the enterprise brokerage. So some very large brokerages. Like- the Gallagher's and the yeah the sort of top top twenties of the world. Um, uh-huh. Again, a little bit slower, but because those businesses are more decentralized than a, a carrier, you can start working through specific business units, and we've seen success in a few of those different uh, business units. And do you guys monetize by the transaction? We do, yeah. The transaction, as well as um, the interest on on the finance policies obviously mm-hmm. uh, and then longer term you know as we start automating all of these downstream funds flows uh, we think there's the opportunity to monetize uh, other ways in there mostly on the speed by which a carrier is able to realize their premium so today it could be a hundred plus days by the time the insured binds a policy and the check works its way through the snake to them right after it's gone through all the layers. Mm-hmm. If we can do that in three days, as you both know, insurance is a effectively a, you know, carriers make money investing, not as much on. A, and so if you can give right. them a third more time to invest, there's a, there's a real value there. Absolutely. I mean, that's real. Total road, you know, yeah. you know, you have a lot of people listed. I'm reading an article here in TechCrunch. There's a lot of CEOs and co-founders and a lot of people who put their name behind you. That is a, you know, what is that like having so many insurance people, you know, in, in that seat round? Uh, it's two things. It's uh, actually it's three things. One, it's helpful from a product perspective, right? It's it's they're ultimately our future customers or our current customers. So getting that feedback loop is very valuable. Uh, secondly, um, it's commercially good, right? Because they are, in, you know, 
desirous of being customers and see the value. Uh, and third, it's validating. You know, I think when we first started um, and we knew we wanted to start building this, it's people putting their money where their mouth is around the problem. And they said, this is such a big problem that I'm going to put my personal money into trying to solve it for our business. And that's a very, very powerful and compelling point. Yeah. I mean, and, and y'all are already out there. I mean, you're a newer company and here you are already winning awards for best new payment as a service platform, right? I mean, you're really making some waves early in this new venture you have. Thank you. Um, I think that's the, the benefit of, of having done it once before. You kind of know where to focus, where not, uh, and how to, how to move quickly when it's right. And also, you know, show restraint when you need to. Right. Is it, is it different for you? I mean, your, your first, uh, well, it wasn't your first job by any means. <laughs> it was there, your last, uh, your last gig was shelter and it had to do with home improvements and making sure that, uh, the home is up to date. Now we're over on a financial system dealing with all the financial side. Is it different for you or is it the same? That's a really great question. You know, the business problems are obviously different. The specifics are different, but overarchingly it's a problem the focus of what we're focused, I'm focused on and Praveena is focused on is very similar, which is how can we figure out the best, fastest, most effective ways to solve these problems? What the problems are different, uh, but really that's a function of hiring the best team, choosing where to invest your resources and working with and nurturing those customer relationships. That's awesome. Is it easier the second time or third time? Is that the right word to use? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Easy is probably not the right word. I don't know if it's ever easy, but it's never, it never feels not worth it. Right. And I would say the second time more than ever, this, the stakes are a little bit higher, right? Because you want to beat what you've done in the past. Yeah. And as a result, yeah, the stakes are a little bit higher, but it's, it's always fun. Is this the part you like the building it? I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a, you know, it's a game. It's yeah. a game. I have been part of founding several companies in my life, none tech companies, but the last one, an insurance service provider. Mm -hmm. And those first four or five years, awesome. So much fun. So much fun, right? Yeah. Where just everything, new, 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 all the time. New, 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 new. When it gets to yeah. the point where it's like, wake up and make the donuts, yeah. and then wake up and make the donuts, and wake that's a different kind of, that's a Leboid thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hear you. And he's really good at it, by the way. I bet. Outstanding. Yeah. If you're looking for a great donut maker, Lee Boyd, just yeah. putting it out there. Right now. <laughs> just tossing it out there. <laughs> just yeah. tossing it out. So share a lesson that you learned with Shelter or through Shelter that's helped you that has had an impact on Ascend. I'll give a couple. One is like Please. very tactical and insurance specific, which is. And it's what we talked about a little bit at the beginning, which is, you know, sort of know that the mechanics of the industry really helps the second time around, or obviously doing an insure tech again. So like, I think had we started this business without being from some exposure in insurance, we probably would have gone after carriers right away and would have spent the first three years not making any waves because we would have been, I would be driving up to Hartford every week to have sort of long meetings with, we get back to each other every two months, right? And so we, we know how to sort of, find the points of leverage to go fast and, and sort of constantly trade up. Um, and that's a, that's a lesson we learned with, with shelter. And then the other is really around team, right? And like you, you cannot, and I don't think we did this in either place, but it's, it's like a constant, it's a constant 
both challenge as we want to move really, really quickly and are seeing this really strong market pull in demand, but you can't sacrifice on team and people on the team who are customer, not just focused, but obsessed, especially in these early days, because if you start doing that, your product will degrade and you won't have anything worth uh, its salt in you know a couple of years. So that, that's been something we live every day and is a hard thing to do uh, or really hold yourself accountable to of making sure you get the best people who are very customer focused. Uh, but it is truly critical. My son is a founder in a tech company and has and sometimes when we'll be talking, he's, he, he'll say, you know, that if if they were to ever exit from the company they're in now, that he would want to go with his co-founders again. Totally. And, and do another one. Talk yeah. about that for a minute, because that's what you did. That's right. You know, if you find and not all co-founder relationships are like this and, and you know, we're hugely grateful and I think, you know, blessed in a lot of ways to have found each other and work together as well as we do, Praveen and I. Um, we have this very complementary relationship and we're able to, and also just complete trust, right? So, uh, we have these different skill sets and it's almost like you as an individual now can kind of like cover twice as much ground because you trust them as much as you would trust yourself to do something. They just can do completely different things. And so it's like, I don't know maybe this is a terrible metaphor and you can cut it if you want, but it's like taking steroids or something. You're like, well, why would I go back? I can be twice as strong. And so it's pretty addicting uh, when you can get in these really good relationships um, and work through stuff and you can feel like you can take on anything. And it's, it's very fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Having that uh, person that you can know, you know that you can count on him. Totally. Is, uh, is, in, is incredibly valuable. I've had that opportunity myself and, um, it's, it's, uh, invaluable. Yeah. What is the founder story? Not about a sin, but, but between you and, and your partner there, where did that start? Was it there at, at uh, Instacart? That's right. So we joined Instacart almost eight years ago now. Um, uh, when I started, it was a tiny company in a house in San Francisco. Um, lots of people crammed in there. Somebody had their desk in, in the master shower, actually, uh, always wow. a little risky, uh, when, you know, with the pranks, but it was a very small company and Praveen joined a little bit after, after I did. And we had this really great time to your point earlier, Rob, building the company right in the early stages when we knew everyone and we did everything and, uh, everyone wore many hats. Uh, and as that business really took off and grew, um, we wanted to recreate some of that early fun magic. And that's how we, uh, got together and, and did shelter. And then the rest, you know, we talked about and the rest is uh, history. So what about, so I also see you went to Looker after that. Is that the analytics software? I did, yeah. So I spent a year uh, between uh, Instacart and Shelter at Looker. One of my very best friends uh, founded Looker. And wow. we were huge uh, customers at, at Instacart at the time. And I came to work with him on the on the product management of the sort of front-end consumer product there. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah, you know a lot of people. Instacart, Looker shelter a sin you know, like, it was hard at that you know, time in San Francisco. It was right place right time you know it's nothing special about me you could throw a rock and hit hit somebody founding a cool company at that time that is so cool is it different today i think it's a little different i think the networks have mostly moved online rather than in person as they used to be and as a result are probably both more accessible in a lot of ways you know you don't have to be in south park in san francisco to, to meet people uh, but at the same time a little bit harder to get true connection and, and, and meaningful, you know, inroads into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued by this, um, 
by what you were talking about, about the second startup, the current startup, Ascend, being in insurance, you were really probably at a, a disadvantage that you didn't realize fully or fully appreciate when you guys started Shelter uh, vis-a-vis the insurance industry and how much you didn't know about it. We didn't know anything about it. And how important it is to know things about it, right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, you'd spend three years, you would have... You would have spent three years going after trying to find a product market fit that wasn't exactly there or with with somebody that's just really difficult to work with, really yeah. uh, time consuming. Yeah. Right? I, I'm really intrigued by that because one of the things we've seen in InsureTech historically is like what you were at Shelter. There were people that were coming from outside of insurance or with little insurance knowledge and offering an insurance solution. Mm-hmm. or a solution to an insurance industry problem. Can you talk a little more about that? I mean, do you see that as InsurTech continues down the road, like I know you guys did your predictions or your InsurTech predictions for 2022. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that one of the things we'll see now that you, now that we've talked to you is, is we'll see founders who did company number one come back into company number two and be able to move quicker smarter, more adeptly, that they won't be tripping over themselves like, like they do the first time. What do you think about that? I think that's exactly right. I also think there'll be a whole new generation of founders of people who have been at some of these insurtechs that have you know gotten liquidity recently and, and they'll spin out and do companies. Um, but I think to me, more interestingly, is I think the notion of insurtech compared with these last few years is really going to change. And I, I can imagine, you know, some people listening to, oh, some of these people are going to spin out of these carriers, you know, just rolling their eyes because the last thing people think we need is a whole new full stack carrier who has a 200%, you know, loss ratio and wants <laughs> to, you know, everyone, that's the last thing we need. But I think the interesting thing is people will realize, gosh, building an insurance company from the ground up is really, really hard. And gosh, just as hard as modernizing a hundred plus year old massive insurance business. And so there is going to be this opportunity to build in the infrastructure layer. Obviously, you know, that's what we're doing and people are going to solve the problems that they lived. And that's actually going to benefit everyone in this, in the industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think another great example of that is, is agencing, right? Like why would everyone, you know, why would carriers build producer compliance themselves each individually where they can just use this, this solution that does it. And I think we're going to see more and more of that with times. And, and you guys obviously know that from, from your work. And I, I'm really hopeful that we'll get some really great insurance solutions that really benefit everyone in the industry. Well, listen, we're, we're thrilled to have you back with us. On the way out, mm-hmm. you guys posted on your blog the 38 InsurTech predictions to expect in 2022. Some of them had to like really stick with you or maybe yours are on there too. Give us any thoughts on that. Where's this whole gorilla heading? There's a bunch of really, really great stuff on there. And and for folks who haven't seen it, which is probably most of you, luckily for you, I didn't write them. They were sort of sourced by the community and experts. So it's smart stuff out there and and definitely recommend it. But there's a bunch of stuff, you know, sort of continuing on the themes we just talked about around infrastructure and and continued growth there and people spinning out of companies. Um, But I think... If I can summarize it, I think if you are at all inclined to be building an insurance services or an insure tech business that is supportive and working with uh, existing folks in the ecosystem as opposed to working to replace them, um, you're going to be 
in, in a really good place this coming year. Uh, and there'll be lots of um, venture investment for you and you'll be well capitalized to go and take a real swing at that problem. Obviously, it doesn't mean it's a, a surefire thing or guarantee of success, but if you're so inclined, now's the time. Well, for all of you people out there who are in that space where you're thinking about it, there's your answer. Thank you so much for being with us again. It's, Thank you, it's, Andrew. It's a pleasure. Oh, wait, we didn't even talk about hippo. Can we talk about hippo for a minute? Are you okay with that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts on hippo? I think hippo and companies like hippo have done a really, really important job of pushing the market forward. Uh, you know, in terms of customer experience, in terms of you know developing new product. Uh, I think the team is incredibly smart. I think. Same with Root, same with Lemonade, right? We've seen a lot of these businesses, but it is all, they're also good examples of how hard it is to build a carrier from the ground up, right? And right. there's no no dancing around that. And I think you know they'll be the first to tell you that. So I think there's there's definitely a, a bright future for Hippo ahead as they get better at that every day. And I think as more and more tools and services that come out, so that you know for them to use and take advantage of uh, whether it's for payments or producer compliance or whatever right any of the things we talked about so that they don't have to build it from the ground up and can instead return the team's focus to the things that really matter so product development you know insurance product development and uh, customer service and acquisition i think there's there's a lot of exciting stuff and a good future ahead for hippo yeah we love we love watching what's going on and we loved having you with us today yeah. It's truly my pleasure. This is my, my, my favorite. You guys are the best to talk to. I love it. Thanks, Andrew. There you go. Well, you know what? We're going to snip that out. Yeah. And play it over and over and over again. <laughs> Every morning, whenever we wake up. Every morning. It's yeah. our, your validations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Put okay. Thanks. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. And, and best wishes. Best luck at, at Ascend. Go, Thank go you. kill it. Appreciate it. And if anyone is has a digital brokerage or brokerage or MGA and wants to talk about payments and making that effortless, uh, my email is andrew at useascend.com. And I you know, like talking to these guys, but I like talking to customers more. I enjoyed what Andrew had to say about the future of InsureTech. Yeah. What'd you think about that? I I would agree. What What did you like about that? That more people who understand insurance will be coming into insure tech because maybe they were at an insure tech company and they spin out of there to, to create a new insure tech company. Right. And, yeah. and solve new problems and more problems and that the insurance community, that the buying community of insure tech, the, the community that buys it is more open to the kinds of solutions that they have. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've we've thought about InsureTech previously about, you know, direct to consumer or as insurance companies, but now it's more and more about the pieces of the puzzle, the APIs, et cetera, that can be developed and white labeled and become part of their whole. I think at the beginning of the InsureTech start, you know, a few years back, uh, it was all flashy. It was these new brand new things. So we're a direct-to-consumer insurance carrier, and now it's these finite things that are really changing the game. You know, whoever thought that there'd be a, a payment platform that different insurance companies could use, everyone would just be their own. 
But now you had these second generation founders who started the injured tech world, realize that there's something else that needs to be done. They know how to start a company. They know how to be successful. Now they go uh, attack the new problem. I think we're on the verge of something neat here. We are on the verge of something neat. And uh, we're on the verge of saying goodbye for uh, 2021 yeah. into 2022. And if we understand correctly, Merry Christmas, everybody. If this goes out on the day that it's supposed to go out, Merry Christmas. And if not, Happy New Year. And if not, Happy New Year. And or if happy not, welcome to 2022. <laughs> Who knows? Stranger things have happened. And uh, thanks for being with us. And thank you to our intrepid production team and to my co-host, Lee Boyd, who after however many episodes we've done, it's still always a blast. Thank you. I'm still here. I'm still here. You're still here. And so to everybody, I say Happy New Year. We say Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, happy holiday, and we'll see you next time on the next episode of FNO InsureTech. And until then, we say goodbye, everybody.